What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a good week so far. Cannot believe we are in the second week of January already. This time's fucking going quick. Anyway, this week on the podcast, the one and only Mark Reeve. Mark is a techno producer and DJ from the UK. Uh, lives in Germany, though. Moved there when he was a kid. Had some great records out on some big labels, including Drum Code. And he's kind of really embedded in the family of drum code. Really good to catch up with him. I hope you enjoy the show. Without further ado, Mark Reeve. And we're live. Mark Reeve, how's it going, mate? All good. How are you doing, Will? Good, man. Just heard you uh, had a skiing accident. Tell me a little bit more about that. <laughs> well, it wasn't a skiing accident. It was more sort of uh, Mark can't do it sort of thing. <laughs> um, I... Uh, took advantage of a bigger slope and i thought i was like it's like a bias is it called a biathlon when you've got the gun on your back and you have to shoot like like okay halfway between it's like i don't know what it's called actually i don't know what it's called in english it's called langlauf in switzerland because i'm in switzerland at the moment okay and um it's really really good for your body i mean you're really walking with the skis yeah and it's like skating it's literally like skating and um yeah i just went down a bigger slope and just absolutely fell ass over it and it. <laughs> um, i don't know i just landed right on my ass and it, i don't know i don't know I, I was in agony the first night like i've got my thumb look you can still see it's oh, yeah. pretty blue <laughs> jeez did it good man yeah so um yeah i i over exaggerated and i had to go on the bigger slope and i had to go down there um everyone was laughing obviously everyone saw it It was right at the end where everyone was lined up drinking their glue vines um in germany and switzerland you get glue vine don't you so they they always stand there drinking and drinking and all of a sudden mr reeve comes down that slope falls ass over it and i literally i was lying on the floor screaming like ah 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 <laughs> and everyone just sort of like, and, it, and after like two, three minutes, people start that, you know, when they stop laughing, yeah. they think something really bad has like happened. Cause I was like on the floor and face down. Uh, but um, thank God, nothing serious happened. Cause you can break your spine by actually, um, you know, having doing skiing. I mean, see uh, Michael Schumacher. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, was that his spine know, or was that his, is that, was that his head? Uh, it was his head actually landed on his head and he, he fell into a coma. Is he still and, in it? Uh, oh, no one knows. No one knows. No one. Well, his wife, I think she's called Karina. Uh, Corinna? Corinna. Corinna Schumacher. She's not giving any, giving any information out. Um, his manager's not giving him any information out. So it's a really, really sort of tense sort of time, I reckon. I don't think, I, I reckon he's awake, but, you know, he's. Probably, completely dazed yeah. like you know what i mean it's like That's he been has years. been fed yeah he's bed bound he's bed bound how much. when when when, when was that that was years ago that was like 10 years ago i think about six six Jeez. to ten years ago such a mm. shame man well yeah he, he, he would have still given our uh, uh, well our english lot a good run for their money yeah i mean hamilton is like um, is it Hamilton at yeah. the moment that's like really good for us lot? He's, I think yeah, Hamilton's I mean, actually at the point where he's he's drawn with what Schumacher did. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's what they were saying as well. And um, I think I saw I saw a story of David Beckham the other day um, where he was saying congrats to Hamilton. 
like for you know getting that done and that that was like that was just literally just it was like a few weeks a week. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly i saw that yeah that dude, interesting that dude has done so so well in that sport like talking about yeah, being yeah. the best of your game in anything like well, yeah, but. yeah. Well, it's 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 better than well. He has achieved more than you know our general footballers in the Premier League, like just sitting on a bench, like earning three hundred grand a week, like yeah. just for, just like doing nothing. Yeah. I read an article actually last last week about Meza Özil that can't play for Arsenal anymore because you know he he's not he's not a a team material. Um, and they sort of said to him, well, listen, Meza, you've had a big mouth, um, right? You've said, you've talked too much bollocks. Um, we don't want you in the, in the team anymore. Um, well, but you can still have your 350 grand a week, which is 1.4 million a month. <laughs> and I was looking, I read this and I thought, that's unbelievable. 1.4 million <laughs> pound a month for doing nothing doing absolute sitting on your ass he probably isn't watching the game i it's think sky sports and he's like turning over and watching something in turkish like <laughs> oh, no, I'm turning, uh, bollocks to him no fuck that i ain't watching football anymore <laughs> you know what i mean i think there's like, a 1.4 mil i'm like I've, I've always been growing up with rugby so football was like never part of our household and we'd always just like be like how how are they making so much money when they don't do shit when the rugby players earn nothing and put their body on the line every week and I know. fuck themselves for the rest of their it's lives it's horrendous i actually i actually quite like cricket actually that was a really good game I, I grew up with cricket you know when you i went to a boys school right yeah i don't know if we still have that in england yeah, like boys do. and girls school yeah we do yeah we we still got that yeah i had my uniform on and you you draw like a cock on your badge and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like back in the day, like doing that, doing that, doing that, like skipping off school, you were smoking somewhere in the back of a bloody bike shed or whatever. <laughs> no, got, got your mates first testing out weed and all that, that all that stuff. You know what I mean? What's it like so, when um, you mingle with the girls school though? Yeah, that was great. I mean, we used to, we used to skip school and we used to go to the girls school because it wasn't far away. Yeah, it so never we'd is. go up is it? there and chat up all the birds and then, you know, <laughs> an hour later we'd come back and, and play football back in the gym. Do you know what I mean? It's like, like I, this is like, God, Lord, this is like 30 years ago. Like, uh, But it still stays in your brain. I had my bike actually nicked out right outside the girls school. I had two BMXs, uh, BMXs and I loved them. And a mountain bike I had stolen, but it was a year later. But I had two two bikes stolen in front of the girls' schools because chatting up a bird. <laughs> I come back and bike is gone. Second time, come back, bike is gone. <laughs> oh motherfuckers! It's so funny I how know, you like. Bastard. It's so funny how you like remember these crazy things. I know. They're like I was in... unimportant, and you can't even remember like what 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 I did or what I had for breakfast this morning and. <laughs> It's and I can even wild. remember the third bike, Will. The third bike was a mountain bike in KFC. No, it was Kentucky Fried Chicken. It, 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 yeah, it was KFC. I was playing Street Fighter 2. I just had one of them chicken burgers, right? I was playing Street Fighter 2. I was getting to the end game. Like, I think it was... What was the end, what was the end guy? It was... It was but by, by, by something his name was. I can't remember. Anyway, I was at the end. I was nearly to the end, nearly finished... And I saw this guy in the corner of my eye. I saw this guy because like the window was here, 
right? I saw this guy jumping on a bike, go off. And I was like, oh, should I chase after him or not? Because I'm, I'm on the last, I'm on the final <laughs> bit. <laughs> I was like, Did you get it back? Crap. Did you get it so back? I went home. Oh, no, I didn't get it back. I ran after him, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't get that bike back. And I went home and I remember, oh my God, I remember my dad. Fucking, fucking, fucking. He really, 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 I had a real, I was in the doghouse for at least like two months after that. Did you I get mean, a oof. chain and padlock for your Christmas the next year? Well, I didn't get any bikes, that's for sure, Will. <laughs> uh, I sod the bikes. I mean, I didn't get after any more walk. bikes. So, um, yeah, um, a lot of great, uh, a lot of great memories where, from England. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Bournemouth. Oh, okay. One of my but best we, mates lives our, there. Our family was always back and forth between Croydon and uh, Bournemouth. My accent is actually a mixture between London yeah. and Bournemouth. So yeah, it's yeah. like a little bit of a farmer's boy, but then back again, it's a fucking ill. <laughs> it's like a mixture, a lovely mixture of both. Um, I wouldn't want to talk Cockney all the time because if I do, then, you know, it's, it it's quite aggressive. Yeah. Isn't it? It's quite yeah, aggressive. It's aggressive. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I grew up in sunny Bournemouth and um, I loved it. I really loved the time I was, I was surfing and. Um, Can you surf down there? Yeah, you, you can, but it, you know, obviously yeah. the waves are pathetic. Yeah. It's not like um, Fisher. I saw a, a, he's really good, actually. Well, he, used to be a, Fisher. he used to be a pro, surf, pro <sighs> surfer. I didn't know that, did he? Yeah, he he was, that's kind of how he first got his big thing. That's how he became famous, was he was like that's a pro, crazy. pro surfer. Him and him and Seds, which is, that's how Cut Snake happened. Because fish, oh, wow. fish was cut snake beforehand. Um, oh, and, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then he was. Don't quote me on this. I could be massively wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he used to be a pro surfer, and then he was like a presenter for something for like on on TV oh, wow. or like a sports or like Red Bull or MTV or something like that. And then I saw the. He's good. Yeah, I, I saw the video. It was yesterday, the day before yesterday. I thought it was a bloody hell. That guy's good. He yeah, really, really is. Good. It was like getting really getting. He was turning, like really using his back foot to like like do those turns. Fantastic. I can I mean, only I just about stand nowhere up. near that. Nowhere near that. I mean, yeah, standing up is a uh, it's a tough one for me. On it is, it is, it is, it is. You really have to stick. You have to really stick on the board, and you've got to know how to stick on the board. That's the thing about you know, living in Australia, though. You have such great coasts, and you, I know, if, I know, if, excellent waves for stuff like that. And the I weather, mean, fantastic, is perfect. Like you don't even have to wear a wetsuit. It's just like I know, I know, I know, I know. It's awesome. I don't know where he lives, actually, Paul. But um, is it somewhere near Perth? No, it's not. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Because I went to Perth, Sydney, Melbourne, um, Tasmania. Do you like touring Australia? Oh. Have you took, yeah, was that it's, pretty, it's, pretty, it's just the first flight, isn't it? That's that's yeah. a bit of a bastard. When you, once you got that first flight, and luckily enough, I had um, I um, talked my way into business class. So. <laughs> <laughs> How did I'll you manage you what, that? I will. I'll tell you what. I'd rather I'd rather knock off a piece of the of the, of the wedge of of the wage or or the money that you're earning to get a business class a business class flight and be relaxed. Yeah. Flying Chill. 24 26 hours. How tall so are you? I'm 180. Uh well, What's... 1 meter 1 meter is 80. So that's how 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 much foot is that? Um I don't know. 
You'd have to put it I'm, in the I'm Googling the that because I don't... The Americans yeah, went quickly. <laughs> 180 centimetre in feet. That's like the average size for a bloke. 5'10", yeah. 5'10", yeah. Yeah, see, I'm 5'3", which is like 160. So actually, flying economy is like okay well, you're, for me. You're all right then. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm short fine. as fuck. So it's like, I'm all right. In, but no, the wrong. thing is with me, it's the thing is with me. If I sit on them economic flights, I'm all right for five hours. But once it gets over them five hours, my ass starts falling asleep, my legs <laughs> fall asleep, and I constantly have to get up. And oh, yeah. and I, you bump into someone, then you fucking your drink falls over, and then you're scratching on your face, and it starts itching everywhere, and you've got babies <laughs> everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Especially on those night flights. I remember remember flying to San Francisco and that was horrible. This little girl in front of me, I don't know if she was bitten by the devil or not because she did not stop. It was every 30 minutes. I thought the first time when she stopped crying, I thought to myself, yes, now I stop, now I stop. 30 minutes later, <laughs> 30 minutes later. 30 minutes late. It was like pressing a button. They're little like fuckers. 30 minutes. They're little fuckers. I don't know if you have kids, but those fuck don't ever take your kids on a plane, people. And I'll tell for a you what, time. I tell you what, Will, there was this Russian bloke sitting next to me. He was in the middle. He had the middle seat and I had oh. the aisle seat, right? And I'm I kid you not. When we got off the plane, this little girl was like here with her mother, like like lying here on her chest. And she started laughing at that Russian bloke. She was going, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Had a nice sleep, did you, mate? <laughs> and I, I just, I couldn't, I was angry, but I thought that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. I should have, I should have done a picture of that. Yeah, that you should have so filmed class. that. That was class. Are you, are you <laughs> a, a aisle seat or a window seat? Obviously, no one's a middle seat. Like, middle seats, if you nah, just get screwed nah. I'm, I'm an aisle seat. Yeah, definitely same. an aisle seat. I, I don't... I, I used to be a window seat, but ever so, since I had a panic attack coming back because I had too much booze, um, <laughs> coming back from... I think it was Ireland or Sweden. I think it could have been Sweden. I was. I think it was Sweden, actually. I was coming back and I, I didn't have much sleep and I had loads of beer and booze and whatever. And um, I got this weird panic attack. Really? I started sort of, yeah, it sort of came over me like, oh God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Someone when sometimes when you've smoked the wrong weed, right, you get that. Like, I've got to touch the wall. I've got to touch the wall. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I had those panic attacks. Like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And there was two people sitting next to me. I thought, oh, Fucking hell, I can't even get out of here. So I had I went to the I went to the to the loo and I said to the to the um to the flight attendant, I said to her, like, listen, darling, I'm having real panic attacks here. So she so um she gave me a glass of water and did me a like one of those teas with herbal yeah. teas and that. And slowly, because I was talking to her, just it was, it was just like, you Relaxing. know, I was just getting out of that panic attack and it yeah. and it you have to talk and you have to do something, pull yourself out of that bloody stupidness you're thinking about. And it actually worked and uh, I enjoyed the rest of the flight. It wasn't bumpy or nothing. It was just fine. I, so, always, um, I always feel really sorry for people that um, that struggle fly, flying. Like you, we see it all a lot, a lot. Like I see it a lot. Anyway, just you look across the aisle and this Yes, like, a lot. It's, it's, it's something guy. that never gets talked about. Yeah. You know, you, they, they always say the DJs earn so much money. 
which is, yeah, by some people do earn a fortune with it. But, you know, if you've got a flight, a flight phobia, like, then that is so bad. It is awful for some people. I mean, I saw this bloke, he was shaking that that must be so horrible. And every little, every little bit of turbulence that was going on, he was like, (laughs) and grabbing hold of his chair, like, Fucking hell! Fucking fucking fucking! And I'm like, "You're right, mate. Fuckles, fuckles." Yeah. <laughs> I never forget. I was um, I was flying. I can't remember where I was flying into, but it was somewhere in America. And this woman just literally just like grabbed my leg and was like, "Shit really? in her pants." I was like, "Are you all right? Like, we're gonna survive this. Don't <laughs> worry. We're gonna get through this one." But I, oh, I, Christ. I know. I, I, there's, there's a few like Shadow Child. I know he really struggles flying. Um, All right. Eric, I think Eric Prids used to as well, like big yeah, time. Yeah, I read about that, yeah. Big he's, time. He's, he's not a good flyer. No, he used to train so, everywhere. Um, Could you imagine training not... everywhere? Oh, God, no. <sighs> everywhere. Oh, God. I mean, I, I remember back in the day, R. Kelly, R. Kelly said something about he always takes the ship to Europe. Of course he does, <laughs> with all of his little girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like paedophiling it all the way back, like... <laughs> could you imagine shipping it like on a tour and then at the end of the tour you have to go on a ship to go home that's like my worst nightmare nah nah you'd be puking everywhere locked in a cabin breathing in everyone's farts for the whole time (laughs) shit food (laughs) smelling sick everywhere sick going out sick over the railings it's disgusting back in the room have have you ever done like any of these like the like holy ships or um ams what i have done is i went to this clinic because i've always had eczema since i've been a little baby yeah and um i've actually had a micro needling done here on my skin if you can see those patches it's actually like millions like micro needles go in there because i've got some scars from spots and yeah you know getting rid of those spot big spots i was pressing and pissing around with it and i scarred i got little little scars in there okay and um, my girlfriend said to me well she knows someone that could do it if I, you know if i do a couple of stories in in instagram i can get it for a little bit cheaper so yeah i had that done a couple of days ago and it's really really um you know when that once that dries up and that gets that peels off does it work and you got yeah, it actually does work quite well. Well, anyway, I was in this I was in this clinic for bad skin for eczema, and um, we had this outing. There was on the on the on the on the on a on a on a blackboard. There was like this outing offered like to Denmark and back because it was like in the well in the east sort of north part of Germany. Yeah, and I thought, oh, that's fun. Let's go and do that because I already made some buds and friends and. I said, lads, come on, let's go. Let, you know, it's so boring, this clinic. Let's go out. Let's go to Denmark. Let's buy some stuff and, you know, might get something to smoke or something. And um, we went, we, 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 we drove over with, with the bus to, to Denmark um, from Germany. And um, we got on the boat and everyone was like starving hungry because, like, you know, in the bus, it was like two and a half hour drive. Yeah. So everyone gets on this boat and starts piling it was schnitzel or I don't, I don't, I can't remember what it was. I think it was a schnitzel and chicken and whatever. There was the whole works on there. So they were just like whacking it in, like (laughs) beer piling it in. Are they German? So are these German people? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. All of them were German. Okay. So um, it was literally all the people from the clinic, like they they were they were actually on that bus, like heading for Denmark. So we got on there. There was also a couple of other people that weren't with us. So we've all got on the boat. Everyone's piling it in. Everyone's like like really really hungry. And I remember as soon as we left the harbour, <laughs> these big massive fuck off waves started coming in. <laughs> And everyone's going, holy shit. Ooh, 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 ooh. I, I am I'm not joking. The first bloke puked up, then this little kid puked up, then oh my god, there was fruit machines on the left hand side. They were thrown up in there in, in the bins. It was horrendous. So I thought to myself, I can't stay down here, down on the on the on the lower up. deck. Yeah. I've got to go up. I can't yeah. go up. So I go up, right, and I'm hanging on. And I, oh god, I got me sick. I got me sick. I got me sick. Oh, I'm go <laughs> so um, yeah, that was uh, literally one of the. Well, obviously, I've been on a couple of uh, boats um, coming back from Calais. Yeah, um, visit, visiting my dad, but obviously, I now take the Channel Tunnel. So, so good, um, that isn't it. Yeah, it's so good. 20 minutes. You ain't got to fuck around anyway. Yeah. You're not going to get sick. It does get a little bit warm when you go through the middle part, but whatever. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah. So, tw- <laughs> yeah. On, on Holy Ship, I remember like every year you get like some rough weather and you're just like, all of these people, uh, it's like nighttime and you're in bed and you just feel the ship moving and you're like, I can guarantee you there's some hungover people that are just or on oh, a massive yeah. come down, just like spewing their guts up. And you're just like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I would not want that. Oh, God, I can do oh, like, God. I did like eight days on a boat on the like cruise ship. And like I'm like, yeah, I, I couldn't ever go on a cruise ship for a holiday. No, no, no. My dad always does it because they get like deals. You get like these best, these best yeah. deals, get this choice, choice that, best that, choice that. And they always do that for a couple of weeks on a boat and like you visit like different countries yeah. and then you come back to England again. So I don't know. I think it's Southampton or Portsmouth or they have to drive up to Portsmouth. No, 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 no. Hang on. They went by plane. I think they flew to Barcelona and okay. from Barcelona yeah. they did it like, yeah, that's it. That's that. That, that was that way around. But uh, my parents said it was pretty cheap, so um, that's what they. They do are pretty all the cheap. Time, I think. Mm. I think they are pretty cheap, but I couldn't. I don't. I couldn't, couldn't think of anything nah. worse than just going on a on a boat for like. Although you get to see countries, you like get like five hours of there or like ten hours. Yeah, it's, it's rubbish. I, I mean, it's not for me. It's not for me. It's definitely not for no. me. I couldn't do it. So when did you move to Germany? Uh, I moved to Germany when I was sixteen. Okay. Uh, with, was that with family? Broke up, um, got divorced, and um, yeah, I literally got family on both sides. I mean, I've got my oh, mother. Cool. My mother's side is German. My dad's side's all English. They're all living Croydon in London, and my father still lives in Bournemouth with his with his wife. So yeah. um, she's she's become a mummy of mine, second mummy. Nice. And I've got another second sister, and I've got another sister that lives in Germany with me, but not far from me. So, um, whereabouts in Germany yeah. do you live? Near Frankfurt. Okay. Um, I, um, grew up with Omen and Dorian Gray and all these, um, you know, famous Frankfurt clubs, Sven Bath. And, yeah. um, you know, he, with him, I have got like a big history with Sven. So, um, it was, he's a legend. Yeah. You know, it's, it was an addictive time. Like, back in my youth 
when I came to uh, when I came to um, Germany. Well, it's so, better than Bournemouth. Put it that way. Well, it was better than Bournemouth. <laughs> I did I did enjoy Matchham's Market with Carl Cox. Yeah, um, Carl Cox would come to Matchham's Market uh, near Bournemouth, and he would play a fantastic set like Happy Breakbeat and. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, it was fantastic. I used to sneak in there. I was only 13, 14. We used to go up there. We used to find someone that was 18 that would sneak us in. Yeah. And we'd go through this hole in the fence and you'd be in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we were all hooked on Happy Brave Beat and Drum and Bass. And, you know, it was like, you know, if you have witnessed that kind of, those kind of raves back in the back in the day, I mean, they, they were... They were fantastic. I mean, it's it's it really is nothing like it is now. It's, no, it's different. now it's it's it's. I'm not saying it's it's worse. It's better or worse. It's just it's just it was just a beautiful time in my life. Well, I find which, it's. Which I, I find it's like now is a lot more commercialized. It's like like back then, even the DJs weren't even making that much money. Then really, no, not just, much. No, just, no, no. Just... You, you, you wouldn't. You'd have a, you'd have a fiver on the door. Yeah. And regardless if Groove Rider or LTJ Bookham would come up to Bournemouth or exactly or, or or Mickey Finn or like all those guys that would come up there, they like you know they weren't earning much. The MCs weren't earning fuck all. Right. I mean, they they they'd MC for nothing. Um, I remember doing a picture with Goldie as well. I went to got one of Goldie's. Um, gigs and was hanging around the booth and got to know him what a, what a, what a funny guy i mean i've never met him crazy I've never met him and then a, a couple of couple of years later he did that film uh um um from guy Ritchie, um a snatch snatch, snatch wasn't it um i couldn't believe it. i said to mum i've met that bloke <laughs> <laughs> that bloke with the gold teeth but he he's absolutely fantastic guy, very intelligent as well. You wouldn't think it with a with a bloke with gold teeth. You would think he's an absolute dickhead. But yeah. um, no, he's he's cool. He's a real cool guy. And um, yeah, I've, I know that um, some of my buds like Pig and Dan, and um, I know Dan used to uh, produce at LTJ Bookham. Oh really? And, Where um, are they from, Pig and Dan? Well, uh, Dan is literally from from London. I didn't and, know that. Um, Igor is from uh, Bas- well, from um, uh, Palma de Mallorca, so um, he's Spanish. Where did the and pig? Had- where did the pig bit come from? Uh, they they actually met on a plane. Oh, okay. And um, the pig bit came from because pig likes to eat a lot of food, oh, okay. so um, <laughs> they came up with the name pig because um, you know he's a he he loves he loves his food, so they came up with the name pig. <laughs> So it's pigging down ever since. When did you start getting into like the whole, uh, like not just going to a rave, but playing as well? Well, it was started. I used to, I used to play in youth clubs. Um, I didn't play. Um, I can't remember my youth club that I used to play in. What was the name of it? It was in Winton in, in Embassy. That's it. It was called the Embassy Youth Club. And it would start off. I went there when I was 11, 10, 11. And it started off, we used to be always be playing football up. We used to have this big room upstairs to play football in. Yeah. And we used to put up the up the goals and, you know, um, we used to play football up there. And I came up with the idea because I was so into uh, drum bass and breakbeat, techno, anything electronic. And I came up to the came up with the idea. I thought, lads, why not like, let's do a couple of parties up there? So we asked the the owner of the embassy if we could do it. And he said, Yeah. 
So um, I, I started playing um, at a very, very early age. I think it was 13, 14. And when I was, all I was doing, I had two cassette cassette uh, decks. Yeah. And I used to play pre- uh, press play on one of them. And then the other one, we used to have this little mixer with like two channel mixer. And I used to switch it and put that one up and switch it and put that one up. That's amazing. <laughs> so that's what I used to do in that youth club. Uh, and until I was the first, I was, I was the youngest DJ in Paul. That's, that's where I was born. Paul is yeah. near Bournemouth. Um, to play in a club in Paul. And um, I, there I started to really play uh, uh, small little records. Um, it was just one record after the other. Yeah, yeah. I had these two. I had two decks, and um, I'd literally play one. I'd play Rick Astley, then I'd play Salt and Pepper, Classic. and I'd play Doctor Doctor Alban, then I'd play uh, Madonna. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, and um, I was I, I, my. I remember my mother had to sign a form um, for me to DJ there because it was after uh, it was after twelve o'clock, and obviously every all the under under eighteens had to leave the club at 12 o'clock. They weren't allowed, allowed to yeah. be there because the club would be open till 1 or 2 a.m. Um, and I remember my mum had to fill out this form allowing me to DJ there um, till 2 a.m. So that. that was really cool. I used to hang out with the old guys, right, and all the <laughs> other youngsters had to go home. So um, I was only 15, 16 at, the, at, at that stage. So that's where I got in, infected with it. And um, obviously when I moved to Germany... I start the first people I met there were obviously people that listened to techno. Yeah. So um, I came to Frankfurt and everyone was talking about Sven Vass, Sven Vass, Sven Vass, Sven Vass, Sven Vass. I was like, um, wow, who's this guy? Yeah. Um, and I remember um, it's what I was speaking to Dubfire the other day. I said to him, um, you know, I was, I was 17, I think 17, 16, 17 it was literally like four weeks after I'd come to Germany, I'd already be into the techno and wanted to go to the Omen Club in Frankfurt. Yeah. Was that his and club? It, it was his club with three others. Yeah. And um, I actually got in there with a, with a, with a, um, I had this, I had this moped license. Like, <laughs> I, I, because in Germany, you, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be, um, you, you had these Vespers and, yeah. um, these little Italian bikes, like, and uh, you'd have to do a license for it. Yeah. Um, for these motorbikes, and um, well, it was, it's not actually a motorbike, is it? A moped or like something scooter, like that. Little scooter. And um, I forged it, and I got. I, I was like shitting myself before I got in. I was 16, 17, first club ever to get into a club, and so like a real, real club, and I forged it. And um, the bloke actually let me in. The bouncer let me in, <laughs> and I got in there. And will change the world. Uh, that was me. That was yeah. me. I got in there, and I thought to myself, there was transvestites here. There was people naked there, tits hanging out here. Um, people going absolutely mental, doing lines and whatever everywhere. It was something going on in every corner of this club. People like t-shirts stripped off sweat come dripping off yeah. the off off the ceiling like Sven standing there with a with one of these masks on because he couldn't breathe in there uh absolutely fucking insane insane and i thought to myself this is it that is my music i'm completely infected i don't want to listen to any other music in my life anymore yeah. <laughs> so 
that was me absolutely gone. I was like, and that till this, well, till this day, I haven't listened to anything else. I know, you know, I listen to different kinds of music in the car, like to chill down or, or, you know, sometimes a bit of R and B and hip hop, but, um, in general, um, yeah, I was infected on day one. Like when I got into that club, do you think, is it different growing up? Obviously it's different, but growing up in Germany with, with the, like the influence of techno over there, it's so different to how it is in the UK. Like do you, how much do you think it kind of changed the genres of music that you were into? Because well, it, book- happened, it happens. Yeah. Well, it happened instantly. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, you start making friends, you know, and um, no one wants, no one, you know, in England, breakbeat drum and bass, that was like the main sort of electronic Huge. music at that time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I I got there and it was everyone, Mark O, Marussia, um, uh, Love Parade. Um, you know, everyone was like crazy about that. Yeah. And Carl would start, you know, Carl, I was, Carl would play a totally different set when he was in Germany than he played like in, in England. So yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, what, 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 what on earth is Carl playing? It's yeah. really fast and it's, it's like loopy techno, like, but um, I I gradually got into it and started buying records and um, I used to buy records in Delirium in Frankfurt and I wanted to play that what what Sven was playing I really liked that psychedelic sort of quick techno yeah and it, 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 there was something about it it was so catchy and the the melodies were so evil it was like like these evil melodies like really like like a horror film yeah and i'm a big big horror film fan anyway i love horror films and um i i started i was getting frightened to this music i thought oh i'm getting goosebumps from this right now this is fucking real this is the real shit and like this really psychedelic stuff like real mushroom music like oh my god this is fucking me up right now yeah and that really 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 got me it, you know, it took me big time off of drum and bass. It got me, you know, and, and the way you were dancing as well, you could actually groove to it rather as a drum and bass, you'd be jumping around and, and you'd hear your rasters here. And, <laughs> <laughs> like it was sort of like controlled and more groovier. And I, I just loved it. Drum, drum and bass, as much as I love drum and bass, it's much more of a, of a younger person's kind of scene, isn't it? Especially in, 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 in the UK, it's like, well, when, when I was growing up, it was just kids that loved it. Obviously it's, it's changed a lot now, but it's like very unsophisticated, but so beautiful at the same time. Whereas I feel like the, the more four, four pattern like beats is just a little bit more chilled. Like it's not as aggressive Exactly, yeah, yeah. And what I, but, but what I used to like about that drum and bass is, is that the emceeing, I really liked it. I thought the way that these guys... I, I, I really I was fascinated the way that these guys would spit those lyrics. That was also another really artistic sort of... Um, and anyone that's seen these guys perform live like at BBC Radio 1... Uh, for Pete Tong or for, you know, for the essential sort of, um, you know, people have done live. I don't know what it's called, that show where they did that live. I think it was the, it was, who who was the, uh, what was the name of those guys, those four guys that did a live sort of performance? Um, The Live Lounge. 
Yeah, the live lounge. They were okay. in the live lounge. And I saw that and I was like, these guys have still got it. Like, yeah. I was the way they were doing the MCs were doing spitting those lyrics was for me also another reason why I was so hooked on that music. I thought that was excellent. I thought that was really cool. For me growing so, up with um, drum and bass, it was like the, the MCs. <clears throat> I hear what you're saying. For me, the MCs always really annoyed me. But when okay. you got when you got a good MC that like wasn't just trying to spit over the whole song and just like did it at the right time and yeah exactly it, leave a couple of gaps and just you know give leave. a bit of a break yeah yeah like a bit of a bit of a breather in between yeah that's when i was yeah, like I know what you this mean. is yeah. good this mm. is good yeah you did get some annoying ones that's true a lot of, you get that you get that really high voice guy <laughs> <laughs> and you knew exactly well shit you know this guy oh no he's getting on my tits so i got to nah. gotta leave no no that, that tape in the bin <laughs> yeah you don't often get yeah. it you don't get people talking on microphones in house music at all or techno or anything nah, like not really do you no. it's like carl is carl does it pete it's does like it. a one-off isn't it pete does it occasionally and then the guy Sven, that, Sven does it. Does he? Lowner. I've never yeah. heard him. I've never heard him do it. He he always gets pissed, like really pissed, and then he grabs the mic <laughs> and he starts saying like this absolute. I don't know. It's it's just no one understands literally what he's saying. He's done it at the time walk many many times. You can Google it later on YouTube. I check. Put in out. Sven Vass on the mic. Um, on the mic. And listen to what he's saying. I mean, it, it, it's quite it's quite sweet actually the way he's doing it. But, Who, you know, every, who's the guy that uh, introduces everyone at Awakenings? It is Awakenings, I think. That's Rocco. D- is, does he own? Is he like the the like head guy? Yeah, he's the big owner of, of Awakenings. You can't get past Rocco. If you if you if you if you play there, then you're always going to meet Rocco at one stage. Yeah. Big guy, very big guy. Looks looks quite dangerous, actually. <laughs> Rocco, Rocco. Um, I yeah, love it. I love great. hearing him. Hearing him no, introduce. No, 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 yeah, it's so I good. I remember when it, I, I just finished my set before Dennis and Pete could come on, and I just it was just on my last track, and he, I didn't even see him. He was in like literally standing right, right next to me, and he. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, who the fuck's that? I look at it, it's Rocco, but I said, everything is good, Mark. Everything is good. <laughs> and I looked over to Chris and I said, oh my God, I just shit myself. I better go to the toilet. Uh, uh, and, I've um, never played. I really want to play one day. I, I, yeah, I you'll don't, be in there, Will. Don't, I don't know don't if I'm, worry. I don't know if I'm cool enough for it, if I'm totally honest. Like, oh, everyone, I, everyone will have their awakenings day. Like, yeah. And when you do, it's excellent with all the fire going up. And what's it like? like it's, oh, it's awesome. Like, like when them, it's not, it's not, it's not, um, it's not smoke coming down. It's those, um, how do you call it? It's like those, those pressure. It's like that air coming out with all oh, the pressure, CO2, like, the CO2. Yeah, and the fireworks and and it's like I mean I was there at in October um, at ADE and um, then Adam played and then you had the fireworks going off at the top. Yeah. Oh my god, fantastic! Fantastic. Yeah, and I really want to play. Someone let off. Uh, someone um, it wasn't a stink bomb, but it was um, it was Flat. it was someone some gas some real bad gas was let off in the middle of the dance floor. And I, I said to Adam, what the fuck is going on? I, my eyes are stinging. And someone actually let off, um, let off, um, 
Like tear gas. Tear, tear gas, like tear really? gas bomb or something like that in the middle of the dance floor. Couldn't believe it. And Adam wild. said to me, oh, we got, we better go back. So we went back to the tent. I don't know if you've been in the tent. You've probably been in I've the tent. I've never been backstage. there, mate. I've never been oh, there. All right, you've never been there. Right. Um, we went back to the tent backstage and, and you know, we had, I had to wash out my eyes. It was horrible. Oh. Um, yeah, and, I, I, um, I've not spent much time in Europe at all touring. Like my touring days are like literally America. Um, oh, right, like okay. I started more in America than than in the UK, which is weird considering I'm English and live in the UK. Um, but well, everyone everyone's got their main countries, right? I mean, I'm very good in South America. I mean, yeah. I'm, I've been touring a lot in Chile and Santiago. Actually, that comes to my mind. Two days ago, I was watching a video on YouTube of myself. <laughs> 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 just um, stroke an um, ego I, a little bit no 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 sometimes <laughs> you, know, you know every time I, I do this sometimes when i'm lying in bed with my missus like do you google go, yourself oh, you know, yeah, yeah, i google myself <laughs> and go oi look at that look at that it's fucking going off like uh, <laughs> like you know pretending to be like the real 007 like oh yeah Oh, I love yeah, that bond james bond you've got to google like, yourself really showing off and i'm going like Look, look, look at this in Chile. Look, I was in Santiago. Look at the oh, it's fucking going off. And actually, your remix was bit. I played your remix from Adam. Oh, really? From, um, losing your mind. Yeah. So, uh, uh, she said, "Oh, that's a good track." And I said, "Yeah, it's Will. <laughs> that's the, that's the guy I'm doing this um, this the interview podcast for." With. Oh, right, really? <laughs> um, podcast, yeah, not interview. So, thing, um, yeah, it's. Um, it's uh, hilarious, actually, and it really did go off your remix. Uh, thanks for that. That was fantastic. No I, I was I, surprised Adam re- re- released it. Really, um, but nah, it was awesome. That bass, it, it does work. In, it really, oh, it really does. Every time I played it, people hands up in the air, and it wasn't really because of the because the thing is in your mind. It wasn't really because of that. It was actually the drop that yeah. people were getting into. It's that big drop right at the end. Boom. They loved it. They absolutely loved it, especially in South America. People were going nuts. I played it in Brazil. I played it in in Chile, in in Peru, in Argentina, and in Argentina it really went off. In Argentina, I really want to go to Argentina. In Cordoba, it was fantastic. I mean, that place, Cordoba, is is insane. When you when you tour, do you uh, do you like spend more time? Do you take time out? Or do you literally like in out, shake it all about? And, no, no, uh, I, 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 I take time out. I like to relax. Um, I, I like to um, chill out um, most of the time on the beaches or um, on the swimming pool or get a bit of sun in my face. Yeah. Because like, I think you, I, I, I enjoy these countries. It's not like an in and out for me that I, you know, I need to look at something. I mean, yeah. I look at, I want to, I want to get to know some people. I want to know the culture. I want to know. I want to breathe in that air. What they breathe in. Yeah. I want to, you know, I want to look at how these countries are developed or, or have developed themselves. I want to see if everything what people are saying or stuff that's been going on in the media, if that's true, true. or not. Yeah. You yeah. know, and you can only see these things if 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 you're actually there. One hundred. It's like an iPhone. It's like an iPhone that's going to say it's going to snow tomorrow, and it shows it's snowing. But actually, when you're there, it's not snowing at all. You have got yeah. sun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it, for me, it's really important to to really discover these countries. I've I never um, I never really did it. I've I've always like 
I'm always one of the in and out people. And since since obviously coronavirus, I've just been like, okay, I need to just ne- when touring's back. Every time I go somewhere, or not every time, but when I can, is to like just take some time out because because yeah, really we do all of this you, we do all of this touring, and you're like. And then you come home and now we're in the situation that you're at no, was, now. And you're like, what it, the fuck? It, What's the point? I know, I know, I know. It was the panic attacks that did it for me. I was in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. And, out, and I, I, I got these panic attacks and I thought to myself, well, I have to start chilling. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't leave on a Thursday, come back on a Friday, fly again on a Saturday. And then just, you know, keep on flying and keep on having the stress. And then and getting these panic attacks and getting getting anxiety um, because I, I at that time I didn't I didn't have a girlfriend so yeah. I was literally when I come back was on my own yeah so I didn't have anyone to talk to um, and um, I, I really think it's it's also important that you that you find yourself a partner as well I, I know a lot of people saying being single is you do have your positives by being single, but I actually have changed a lot. I used to love doing things alone, but since I got a little bit older, I, I really like having someone at home. So when yeah. I come home, I can sort of like tell her the stories, what's happened or it's the same as touring. Actually. I'd love to have someone with me. I know Adam's got Pedro and, 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 um, you know, uh, all these big guys have also got their their tour tour uh, tour managers, and I I really know now why. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it yeah. really does it really does um, make the whole experience different when you can share it with someone. It's 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 very nice. Yeah, so, I, um, on my on my last tour, um, I had like my manager kind of came around with me a lot, and I had like some fat film guys that came around like who are all my good mates and it is something having somebody there and like being able to go to dinner with somebody or and and you know how it is is like yeah. we, we all have friends in these different cities but there's nothing better than having somebody that like really knows you that really like exactly and yeah. you can like it's not just that surface level conversation it's we have we have the best job in the world like i can't whatever anyone says we have the best job in the world but sometimes it is nice to just talk to someone and be like just have a proper yeah. conversation like have a moan have a cry have a whatever just because when you're on a plane when you're in a hotel you go to a club you you just just that same old every, every exactly yeah you need that i remember new, new year's eve um i had a gig with uh, with Ida, with luigi madonna with weber and um, I was I was talking to Weber and I, was, I said, we, we, we were coming up, trying to come up with ideas, what we're we going to do at 12 o'clock. Um, so Luigi came out of the blue and he said to us like, listen, lads, why don't you just come up with my Italian friends? And um, I've got Italian friends living here in, in Valencia and, and let's 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 um, let's do it there. So we, we we went all together. We went Luigi and I and Weber and we, we we went to this apartment with all these Italian guys, and it was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. The food was set up. No one was uh, uptight or yeah. being stupid or who are these guys now? We were like we were like family. Yeah. It was like so. It was so nice. I'll never forget that, and I never forget that from Luigi that he invited us. I think Roberto was there as well, Capuano, and it was it was it was what a fantastic, lovely night. And I don't think Weber will, will ever forget that either. It was a, it was a, such a lovely 
family sort of experience. It's amazing, so, that, um, man. I, I remember, I remember going. I was playing. So Boxing Day in the UK is obviously like a huge thing where it's like big family mm. thing. Whereas in in America, it's not. And I remember ha- flying out of the UK on Boxing Day to go and do a show in America, and all my friends from like San Fran, they. Uh, they all of their family were over and they were like just come over and it's so nice when you can kind of go into somebody else's family or fr- friendship group and you're just like yeah I feel pretty good now like it's so much yeah, better exactly. than just just staying at a hotel room like twiddling your thumbs and you're like what the fuck to do now yeah although I can't watch any I can't watch any porn anymore <laughs> I'm fucking hell. I'm drained although I say that and I do absolutely love being by myself I have this like oh yeah oh yeah that- I, that is quality time when you sometimes have your own business, that isn't it? It's like yeah, it's like um, uh, it is like um, quality time sometimes when you've always got people around you the whole time, or you've got a big family, kids are running around everywhere. It does, uh, it does. Um, it, I think that everyone has that sometimes. Even a, you know, a lot of mothers now, even a lot of mothers have that. They want to get out. I want to go out with my friends, like just once, or yeah. you know, take take the kids. I just want to be on my own, you know, and just uh, uh, you know, relax a little bit. Yeah. So, um, so do you have a German passport? Yeah, I got both. That's dope. And I actually got my English passport three years ago because I, I had the feeling that Brexit was going to come up one one day yeah. or another or something was going to happen. Something silly was going to I had a funny feeling about it. So um, I got my English passport and, um, yeah, so I'm in and out of the UK That's as so I please. You're so lucky. So, um, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's it's, it's excellent. And, and actually... I'm allowed to have it as well. Yeah. Some people are not allowed to have double sort of double passports, but I am actually allowed allowed to have it. Is that because you have um, parents in both? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a blessing. It's an absolute blessing for me. Yeah. So, um, you know, all the fees that are going to come up when you're a DJ and you want to play in the UK, I mean, obviously then you need a, a work permit or some kind of, you know, it's going to cost about 300 pounds. I think I've heard yeah. or between 200 and 300 pounds. So what a pain in the ass. Um, yeah, lucky nightmare. enough, I can just go through uh, the UK border with um, UK with a smile on my face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> Do they not have crunchies in Germany? No, they haven't. Oh, God, no. I, really? I'd love a crunchy. And what I miss most is a roast dinner. Oh, yeah, they don't do that, do they? Yorkshire puds with with oh, with all that gravy with a bit just a bit of gravy on it. Oh, I tell you what God. though, you have a curry. Is it curry versed? Curry curry burst, yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's like crack. I could eat. They are. I could eat that all day long. There's a there's a place called Best Wash in town, <laughs> and they make these these these. What's, um, what's the translation? Is that best sausage in town? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Washed. <laughs> And um, they make these sausages so bloody hot. They got these. They got an A, a B, a C, D, E, and an F. And literally, the F sausage. If you eat that F sausage, you're going to be on the toilet all day. I'm telling you. <laughs> these the, you can't even when you put your tongue on it like that. It's like it numbs your tongue. <laughs> we'll have to. I'll come over, mate. We'll have to give that a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you come over, let me give, give me a bell and let's. I'll take you up for a best washed in town. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I love that's the first thing I do when I go to Germany is get a curry verse. Love it. Oh yeah, it's the best thing you do. It's it's, it's oh it's lovely, isn't it? With some lovely. chips as well. Chips and oh, curry yeah. sauce. That's such an English <laughs> thing as well, isn't it? Chips and curry sauce. Or chips yeah, and gravy. It is. It is. Oh, when you, I just love all of it. But when you go to Toronto uh Montreal and you get poutine. Have you ever, have oh, you ever yeah, done yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've had uh, yeah, but I haven't I thought I I think I had it once in Montreal. Once. Is that a French thing? It's yeah, it's yeah, it's French Canadian. It's French Canadian, yeah. So it's just chips, gravy, and they it's cheese curds. So it's like balls yeah, exactly, of cheese. Yeah, but I think I think for me, I think I think there was too much cheese on it, and I, oh, I got okay. a, I got I got the old. Like, <laughs> I didn't throw up, but I got the old. You know, you know the old. Yeah, <laughs> it was too much cheese. At, after a time, it's too much cheese on it. Like it literally put me like, ooh, no, <laughs> not a cheese fan. Yeah, I am a cheese fan, but sometimes I don't know what it is, but sometimes it just it just makes me I don't know. If I have too much of it, it starts to get funny. Yeah, I love cheese. So, I'm, um, I'm from Cheddar. So it's like All right. It was like born in born with cheese pretty much. So Oh yeah, definitely. I, I love it around here. <laughs> one of my one of my good mates from I used to work with, he uh his dad owns a cheese factory. And you just like get cheese every week. Oh wow! Like, so you just walk in there and just grab, grab some cheese, bobs, like, or like just... call him and be like, "Mate, can you get me some cheese, please?" <laughs> so good, great, nice, so good. nice. So when did you start producing? Like, when was it? Like, okay, this is this is the time when I need to turn my. Did, was was music always a full time job for you, or like what were you doing before full time? music I was, I was an it specialist okay um, i when i came to germany i i i did an apprenticeship first as, as a as a metal guy yeah <laughs> so i was on a i was sort of on these machines programming machines to uh, cut metal like little bolts and whatever and screws and and i couldn't do it because of my eczema because my skin so i yeah. finished my apprenticeship passed my test um and i thought to myself what am i going to do now you know, obviously I can't work in that. So uh, I've got to come up with something else because I was so into like making my, doing my own computers, like yeah. the hardware of it, the hardware side, um, and, you know, getting a main board CPU and like changing everything yeah. that I could literally get my hands on. Um, I thought to myself, let's, let's do an uh, apprenticeship as a, a, as a computer guy. So I did that, finished that, passed my test and started off as uh, working in banks as an ad, ad, administrator. Yeah. Um, obviously, speaking both languages was for me a bonus yeah. and a plus. So I also worked at, for United Airlines, uh, British Airways, oh, cool. American Airlines in um, uh, getting the, you know you know um, um, sorting out the ticket printers yeah. and all sorts of computer stuff, looking after servers, Active Directories. And literally being the man for everything. So um, in my spare time, I'd be producing music. Ever since I got to Germany, I got in, well, I was mixing with the right people that already had, um, you know, they were doing, uh, I think it was Cubase at the time that they were using. Classic. And I got in. I got into um, producing music. I was just hanging around in, in studios with, with guys that really were into that kind of stuff. And, yeah. Um, that's when I started producing. I think I started with like 18, 19. So, um, I was, yeah, you know, I, I, I then we, then we, then we were doing records, then we 
have them press. We have a vinyl press um, in Rosbach near Frankfurt. We used to get that. I don't remember the bloke called Armin. He used to uh, uh, press. We used to do 500 pieces and we used to deliver the vinyl to the we we do it we 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 go up to a vinyl store ourselves and deliver those uh, those vinyls to the people straight you know you know we get a certain amount of money for it yeah um upfront payment then we we give them like 50 or 40 and you know that's how we how we do it and um yeah that's that, that's bloody hell that's that's ages now that's like 25 years ago Long time ago <laughs> it's like um yeah that's that was the start of producing so when and, when um, was the transition from like okay it job goodbye or is it or are you still in it no 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 not anymore um in 2011 um i always had a very very strong bind to um cocoon and um sven and um, i was big friends with a guy called ingo boss uh, from cocoon and um, we'd hang out with each other we'd go to the parties together and ingo um we, we, we would always try ingo was ingo would also try, always try and get onto the label himself although he was working there um and I came up with this track called Daybreak and Ingo said, oh, do you know what? Just put it on vinyl and I'm going to put it in a pile in Sven's pile because Ingo would literally sort the records out for Sven yeah. when he was playing. Before he was playing, he sort out all the demos, all the promos that Sven could listen to um, because Sven would obviously have his office just above cocoon club yeah so cocoon the company cocoon would be above the cocoon club they'd have their they had their office up there they haven't got it there anymore but they used to have their office up there so he he literally put my record in between the pile of the promos (laughs) so uh, ingo gets a gets a phone call from sven saying uh who's this uh what are you doing with this record and um Ingo says, oh, God, shit, I'm going to get, oh, fuck, what have I done? Oh, no, oh, no, I'm going to get bollock. I'm going to get a bollocking for it. Um, but at the end of the day, um, he says, oh, I, I've, I've never heard of Mark Reeve, but uh, I love his record. <laughs> so um, he absolutely loved that record. And that was literally the start for me. He played it on the same night he got it in Cocoon Club. Wow. Um and I remember getting videos from my friends. Oh, Sven's just played your track. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's just played it. And I was playing at another club uh, in, in Wien, uh, Vienna, in, in, in Austria. And I literally looked at this video all the way back to um, Frankfurt because I was driving. And uh, I think that was the start where I thought to myself, well, if I keep on going, yeah. I could really make, um, uh, you know, I could really make a career out of this. So thank God I had my mother always by my side that would always help me out um, because, you know, I was buying records like mad, not being able to pay my rent, didn't have any food in the fridge. And um, literally, you know, uh, my mum, I I love my mum so much for that, that she was giving me that support I needed at the time. And um, it came to the stage 2015, 16, where I was touring so much. Yeah. I was like every week I was somewhere else and I'd come back in the office. I, um, I'd come back in the office and um, 
you know, try and work. And my manager said to me, well, listen, Mark, I mean, you are absolutely on another planet at the moment. I don't know what planet you're on, but uh, we got Monday and you should be full force with working. And I looked at him and said, mate, I've got to go home. I'm fucked, right? I've just done Friday, Saturday DJing. Don't get on my tits, mate, right? I've got to go home. feel sick. So I did that a couple of times and then I got, I got, I got, I got pulled in. He said to me, listen, mate, Mark, we need you hundred percent here. If you can't give you hundred percent, then go and get your, go, go out there and do it. Go and try and be a DJ because that suits you. That suits you much better than what you're doing here. When you're here, you're phoning with promoters, you're phoning with managers, (laughs) you're phoning with uh, bookers Literally, I know more than I, I even know a business that I didn't even know of before because of your phone calling. Because he was always listening to what I was talking. He said, You're a good, you're a good lad, you're a funny lad, you're excellent in the team, you're a team worker, but you have to fulfill your dream. Go out there and do the DJ, and that's better for you. And I, I, I said, Thanks, mate. I mean, I worked there five years. I was doing that five years. And yeah. literally all together with all the IT work I, I was doing at the stage, I did it 12 years. And after 12 years, I thought to myself, let's have a crack. Yeah. Because um, I can't do both. I can't focus on both. Let's get going. At the time, Adam was writing to me like mad from Drum Code. And, you know, we, you know, I was doing records like crazy. And then I did another record with, with Adam, I think, in... Whether was it 16 or 17, we did another track together. And I thought to myself, yeah, that, now's the time. Now you, Then I got awakenings, uh, you know, and, and it, that was the time where I thought to myself, you can't do another job because it's not going to work. It's yeah. just not going to work. Gonna be able to put, you, you, you kind of, there comes a point when you have to, you have to go full hog, even if you're not earning the amount of money that you that you need to be going, but you need to put all your time into it because otherwise both things aren't going to work. The, the day exactly. job won't work and the DJ won't work because you're not putting enough time into it. And sometimes you just have to go, fuck it, let's try it. Exactly. And I thought to myself a couple of times, I'm fucked with this music. I can't be bothered. You know that you know the, the, the start when you're sending out demos and no oh, one's still. listening to it. You're not getting an answer back. Yeah. You're getting all these all these processed answers back, automate those auto answers back going, Oh, I love the track, but it's not for the label. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so everyone's been through that one. Um, I do it myself as an A and R. I've got my little label subvision, yeah. and you know I have to tell people that the same. So I can't get into big conversations because I ain't got the time to do it. Right. So um, I know I'm. 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 People are frustrated by that, but um, if you keep on going and your music is good and it really is good, then you will get somewhere with it. So um, that just proved me. I just needed the time to really and focus on the money side is it going to really work or not because you have to pay bills of course um yeah you know no one's got a money machine down in 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 the basement that prints uh pounds or euros um and and you know you have to pay your bills and it had to make sense before i i became became self-employed at the end of the day so um at the end, I thought to myself, yeah, well, let's have a crack. Let's get going. And I pulled it off Like until now, you know, till Corona came. Corona fucked literally a lot up because yeah. I was booked in major festivals this uh, last year. 
um, also in Germany. And it really, really, really pissed me off. I, I was having some big gigs there and um, it's pulled me back. But, um, you know, that's that, that leaves me with more sort of time to get into the studio. You know, Adam's wanting another... Um, Adam's wanting stuff again so it's like you know I, I want to get stuck in in studio work as well which I can do now because you can't do it when you like the problem is when you when you're touring that you've always got that sort of pressure sort of oh I have to get it done before I go to South America oh I've got to get it done before I go to Brazil oh I've got to get it done before I go to somewhere else like yeah. and then you've always got that pressure behind you and you've got oh no I've got to re- oh shit I've forgotten I've got to do another <laughs> remix do you know what I mean it's like and it's so lovely to not have that sort of pressure that that, that, that pressure in your, in your behind you so that you can literally just go in the studio at literally 3am in the morning if you fancy and yeah, just, yeah. you know have a bit of chocolate, have a Coke and just like crack on, uh, crack on with, with, with studio work. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's been an amazing time. Although coronavirus has sucked for a majority of people, but it, I've been so productive. It's been amazing. And, and, I'll bet and, you I, have. and I'm sure like, <laughs> I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of our, our mates have, and we're so lucky to be in that situation. Cause it's like, we don't need to go anywhere. We don't, our lives in a studio revolve around just sitting in a dark room by yourself, if you know what I mean. And I know, I know, I know. we're so lucky that we can still do what we do apart from DJing and, and the money, the finances kind of suck, but it's what it is. Just got to roll with it. And I tell you what, the thing I've learned is that I don't need that much money to survive. And I, and I don't. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. I do have um, a passion for cars Okay. That means I have a, a C forty three at the front of the front that has to be paid for. Yeah, I got, I got to pay that monthly, which is a bit of a bit of a nugget for me up my bum at the moment. But um, um, till now, I've you know in Germany we have got a very good uh, system uh, where you do get that help. Yeah. We've had like a, a, a November help and a December help and. It, it was seventy. It was like seventy five percent of what you earned in two thousand nineteen in the same months. Yeah. So that has helped me a lot. You know, it's been it's been it's been hard, but it's it's doable. Yeah. It yeah. was doable. I don't know if it. You know, it couldn't go on for ages. But um, you know, till now, thank God, it's been like it's doable at the moment. So I've got the time, and I've also got a lot of energy. Um, you know, to put into those get new in. tracks. That's the thing, isn't it? What's your plan with regards to release wise? Is it, are you at the point where you're like, I'm just going to release music or are you, okay, there's no clubs, music on streaming services kind of, or, or techno oh, no, stuff. I'm like, you know, anyone that knows drum code, anyone knows that knows Adam likes, uh, drum code is sort of like a family sort of thing. Adam lo- loves people that are loyal to the label and um i am a big fan of tracks that stand out that are not just um sounding the same yeah my if you listen to to my my stuff it's like with far away and, and and all those sort of tracks it was like a timeless sort of music going on that uh, adam you know could play in 20 years it, yeah, was, yeah. it wasn't that sort of drum code sound it was more sort of 
um, it would have nearly fitted to Tale of Us and uh, an Afterlife. Yeah. Um, which they wanted. They wanted the track actually as well, but um, <laughs> I ended up giving it to Adam because, uh, you know, I've been a loyal guy to Drum Code for since 2012 now. I've been yeah. working with them. So it's like, and I think that um, once you have got a bond with someone that has got a good label like that and a, and a, and a massive label nowadays, Drum Code has become a, a big, big... Yeah, it has. It's, it's been a big turning point for that sort of music, for that sort of yeah. genre. It's changed techno a little bit as well. Um, and some people, people I won't mention any names, some people say business techno do it. Yeah. Um, but... Um, no, I think it's it's a good thing. I've I've had a lot of good times with Adam and Drum Code, and I'm going to continue by, uh, you know, delivering. No, I I, I, I still want to, you know, be in that group of people because I enjoy myself with them. And um, and that's what it's about. Amazing times. That's what it's about. At the end of the day, is that we quit our day jobs. We do what we do. We spend hours in the studio. We spend hours touring because we enjoy it. And if we if you enjoy something, why stop? No point. Exactly. I mean, I do have my own label that I just use now and again to release tracks which I feel that don't really fit to Jump Code and Adam doesn't really want. But I feel still feel that there's a quality behind it. Yeah. And it, the quality is enough to release. So then I do release it. But um, you know, I've. I've I've had such a such a, an amazing time with drum code at the moment, and I know others have like Leighton or uh, Weber or yeah. um, you know, there's many of them, Enrico or you know, there's loads of them that have had an amazing time at drum code. I think it's it's still a label that I'm going to mix with and and continue delivering, you know, timeless tracks. Yeah, I love I'm that. not sort of a fan. I'm not the f- big fan of just releasing anything. No. Um, I want the track to be so good and so clean that you can polish your teeth with it. Yeah. And um, those tracks, even if it takes one year, I don't do a toss. It's like, I'll wait that one year until that track is so crisp that I can release it. And then I know it's going to do well. Yeah. Rather than, you know, winging it, uh, bringing tracks that, you know, are half hearted, maybe I could have invested a bit more time. Yeah. Because I've done that in the past, in the beginning. And then I've always thought to myself, well, why didn't I just spend? Why a bit didn't more I time? change some of the, you know, why didn't I change it? Why didn't I make it better? Why didn't I concentrate more on the sound that it sounds a bit more cleaner? Yeah. And um, well, those are the things you do when you're younger and and mistakes you make. And the good thing about getting older is become wiser. <laughs> well, I think I think also you become a little bit more of a perfectionist. Or I can only speak for myself, but you, uh, for me, it's like. I don't, I've released records that I'm not happy with and I don't want to be in that situation again. I don't want to be in the next, in, yeah, 10, exactly. years, in 10 years time, I don't want to be like, oh, I wish I didn't release that record. I've done that before. So now I'm like, everything I put out, it has to be something that I absolutely love. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do and I've like squeezed all the juice out of this record and I can't get it any better. Mm. And then you're like, okay, let's put it out. Well, it does, it does, it does show. I know that people, there's a lot of Spotify haters out there, but you don't, you, you see when a track's doing good because obviously you have your techno bunker and you've got all these Spotify related playlists. But 
if you have two million or one million, one and a half million or three million in in techno or tech house, um, even tech house, you, you probably have more more streams. But if you're on those lines, you know exactly that you're doing something right. Yeah, totally. Because you know the record's being listened to by people. It doesn't matter how much I couldn't care less about the money if I get a zero point zero 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 one two uh cent uh, pro stream. I don't care about that. Yeah. But it's just showing me that, you know, people are listening to my stuff and I've done something right. So um well, and I think that not- actually that that translates into ticket sales and being booked and and it yeah, takes exactly. time. It takes takes a long time. But I think the good thing about about streaming services is that it's actually giving a platform for us to release our music and more people to hear it. Like if you do a record that has 2 million streams, like you would never have got that years ago. Never have got no, that. No, never. And it, and, and my agent, he, he always says to me, can you send me a list, you know, of all the Spotify plays, which countries, because I want to look at the countries that are listening to your music. Yeah. And that's very, very cool because yeah. then you can see where is your music hitting the spot and where is your music not hitting the spot? You yeah. know what I mean? It's like you can generally see the countries that are getting involved in your profile. Totally. So that's very interesting and very cool, regardless of if it's if it's bringing money, the major money or not. I, I don't want major money anyway. I'm quite happy with, with what I've got. Yeah. So that puts me in a, in, the, in, the, in, a, in a position where I don't have to think about money and I can just get going. And I don't even think about money. I know there's so many people that want to get rich and they, they want to have three houses and they want to have a Porsche, they want to have a Ferrari. I don't need all that shit. Do you know what I mean? All I need is a roof over my head yeah. where I can produce music. <laughs> no, I respect that because I think I think especially... Oh, are you still there? Yeah, yeah. I'm still there. Um, I think in this day and age, especially with social media, it's like people want to show that they have wealth and they like to show that they have wealth even though they don't have... Even if they don't have wealth um by getting a car that they can't afford but Mm. if you know what i mean and doing all these things like and i would be lying if i said i didn't want to earn more money um but it's not especially coronavirus since i've had like nearly a year out it has made me realize that like it's not about just making money the thing that i miss about earning money is more so the purpose of what all this is about mm. um and like not being able it, it, the money's the like aftermath of what we do right so you play a exactly. show so you play a show and you get paid i'm not playing the show to get paid i'm playing the show because i absolutely love playing and then mm. i get paid for it and i think that's the thing is not being able to play shows and not being able to tour around and and visit places and see friends and things like that that's that's for me the thing that it is kind of taken away it's like there's no real purpose to like doing all of this um Mm. and what's it what you working towards because like let's say i've got all my releases ready for this year it's all planned so you're like well what the fuck do i do like i love writing music but I'm not writing music for a club now. Like, I'm just not. It's because mm. I've been out of a club for 10 months. Um, yeah, me too, yeah. And it's just like, uh, it is tough. But again, it's changed my perspective on 
what I want in the long term in life, I think. Well, what, what, what actually changed me is that um, I have had months where I've earned a fuckload of money, right? Yeah. But I've actually spent a load of money as well. Mm. So literally, the more more money I've had, the more problems I've had yeah. because I've bought things that have either gone <laughs> wrong or broken or <laughs> have to send back. or So, and what I hate the most is this cockiness from some people the cockiness side of it. When yeah. you earn a lot of money, you change. Yeah. Some people change into this horrible beast um, that doesn't really, that puts on a poker face when they start playing. Um, they don't, they're not interested in what is in front of them or left or right. They're just interested in themselves. Yeah. Um, they want to get out of the club within two minutes after they've played. They don't really want to do pictures with anyone or say hello to anyone. Yeah, they just want to fuck off. And uh, just, you know, earn that money and just get, that's the thing that gets me the most, this cockiness um, in our in our scene or in our business. Um, that really puts me off sometimes, this not being human. Yeah. The human side has gone missing and we're becoming, you know, some people are becoming just robots. Yeah. And, and, you know, if people are writing comments, for Christ's sake, you can't answer all your comments, right, on an Instagram posting, for example, but you can answer some of them, for Christ's sake. If you've got the time to post a fucking picture in Instagram, then take the time and comment under people yeah. that, that are supporting you and showing love for you. I agree. Right? That's 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 what that's what really gets on my nerves sometimes when I see some of the big guys, I'm not saying any names. Um, you know, it's not just the big guys. I think it's in your in your system, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if it has got really does have to do with the money you're earning or not. But that's the thing that really bothers me the most. This just, you know, this being totally, yeah, you know, totally ignoring sort of the sport and the love you're getting from people. And you know, I I like giving back. I I like giving more back. Yeah. I like getting back, but I like giving more than I get back. I think and realistically, just... the 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 art the what you're saying is the ego, the 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 ego in people in certain people that they have that because they're a famous artist or because they're a famous whatever painter whoever, mm. um, is that they think that they're too good to kind of give back. And that's all mm. down to back. That's all down to your ego. And I think what you have, the people that are extremely huge, it will never, they're never going to go anywhere because they're so big, but majority of them will have their five minutes of fame. And then eventually because they haven't built that community, because they haven't given back to their followers, their fans, whatever you want to call them, Mm. the community just loses interest and and then it gets to the point where people just don't actually want to interact with you and and they're not fussed about seeing you because they've seen you so many times and you don't give them anything back and like i respond to everyone on every platform pretty much yeah i try to as well yeah. and and for me it's like I haven't had a hit record. I've, I've, don't get me wrong. I've, I've had a good career, but I'm not like one of the biggest artists in the world. And yeah, I've still got a great following. And it, part of the reasons because of that is because I comment to everyone, anyone that DMs me, I respond mm. to them. Like, 
I I will give I will put as much time as they put into me. If you know, I spend an extra mm. hour at the end of a show taking photos and stuff like that. You kind of I'm just like also like these people pay so like especially in America, these tickets are expensive in America. Like mm. when you're talking like somebody spent like fifty dollars just to get in like a general admission to come and see oh, you, and wow. you're like, and you're like these these younger kids have spent a lot of money to come and see you and you can't give them a hello. I'm just like, oh. we're not, it's well, not yeah. like, it's not like we're rock stars. If you know what I mean, it's not like I we're know, playing know, stadiums and things like that. Although some people are, but give, just give the time back. And I, it'll, it'll, it might not come back straight away to you, but it will eventually come back. It will pay off. I everything. Know. Although I did get into trouble once because I answered someone back that said they were masturbate, masturbating to one of my tracks. And I thought that was a little bit weird. My girlfriend said, you have not answered her back. I said, yeah, I said, thanks for Christ's sake. What am I supposed to say? She said, oh, no, she's, you know, that was really stupid. I wouldn't have said anything. I said, yeah, well, I, I said, thanks. I mean, because I, I told her about it and I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just answered back, not said anything. But that was a weird message. Yeah, you do get the odd weird one. Yeah, you get the weird one, don't you? Oof. And you always get the art, the person that's asking to collab with you. That's, oh, yeah, you get that one. Back to back collab. Yeah, I've had that a couple of times. I had one today. And he's like, this is... Oh, one, right, you had this, one today, this, a collab. This is my first track. Can we collab? I'm like, oh, Will, it's our first, first podcast. Can we collab? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. it's awesome. Like, that just makes your day. You don't want to answer back saying, no, we... no. <laughs> yeah you just kind of like how what's the nicest way that i can be like and it's not it's not that i don't want to clap nicest, what's the nicest way of being horrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i'm just like i maybe one day we don't we never know like i don't really collab with many people just because i'd rather be in the studio with somebody collabing than on mm-hmm. on the internet like f- for me to collab i'm like have to like really know the person because then you kind of get how each other work um but i don't know what's your thoughts on collabing well yeah i've 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 had the internet collabing most of the time although i spent some time with ping and dan together in in palma um obviously with adam i we were sending us we were sending the samples back and forth and the ideas together um then um I had one with Umek and it was like also we, we were sending us, you know, we were sending the, the project back and forth. Um, but obviously, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's much nicer when you're in the studio with the with with, with you know with people that you know really know, and then yeah, um over two weeks just get a, a big project together and not just one track, but obviously a whole EP, whole EP yeah. sorted and take time with it, hang out together go for a, go for a, you know go for a restaurant together and yeah. well obviously not now but um <laughs> you know it, yeah i did i was with pig i was like we were we were going out to restaurants we were hanging out we went out to parties then we come back then we'd make some more music and yeah. then next day we make some more music then we chill then we play playstation then we do this then we do that hang out at the beach it's important um, it's so important yeah it was just it was just really cool i mean um 
that, that, that makes me come up. That's, that's made me come up with an idea now to, um, um, talk to pig again and maybe do another pig and Dan versus Mark Reeve. Who knows? Yeah, man. Cause I think it's just, it's the experience, isn't it? It's like, it comes to a point where it's like, it doesn't even matter if we finish a record doesn't matter because it's just a nice experience whereas when you're like collabing with somebody on on the internet you're like we have to do this yeah but when you're like together it's that experience of just being with somebody and just yeah, like it might be a project it. that never gets released for example exactly. you know we've got i've still got a couple of tracks of pig and dan that i did i'm playing them but I'd ne- i w- i'm not going to release them yeah. so these ones are always going to be little special little secret weapons that are going to just and, and people are going to come up saying what's this uh, What's this? And yeah. I said, oh, I can tell you, but you can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing ever, isn't That's it? That's little secret grenades in your pocket. You need a couple of secret grenades oh, where know, no man. one's got. Those are the best ones. And the, are the ones you've literally, you've been in a studio like for six hours and it's not really finished, but you say to yourself, well, I'm going to give it a crack anyway in a club, see if it works. And it comes on and it goes fucking off. And, and it slams. Like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> And then you're like, I don't have, and then you're like, I don't release it. And, and you're like, I don't have to like deal with it. I don't have to like fix anything. Just, just how it is. And it's always, it's just like real raw sort of material coming out. Like, do you ever, half mastered? how many times have you had records that you're like, this record needs to come out, but no other like label is like, gets it. I've had that so many times. And then when they hear it in a club, when they eventually play it, they're like, oh, now I get it. Yeah, 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 I've had that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously I've had, I think I've had four EPs on drum code and um, I don't know, it's something about, I don't know, Adam always gives me a chance, although it's not really like the rest. I I, I think he likes my sound because it's because it's a bit unique. Yeah. It's not, like, I'm not being boasty or, or anything like that, but I listen to my tracks and then I listen to the, drum, to the general sort of drum code track. Yeah. And it's very different to the rest of them. So I think it's also listening to Enrico. When I listen to Enrico's stuff, although Enrico is his his music's a lot more. I think I think his music's a lot more commercial than mine. Yeah, uh, more hands up sort of sound, more proggy sort of, more sort of a proggy trancey sound. Yeah, but um, I would say it's it, it is it is um, you know. Um, something unique um to have that unique sound and it's like a coming back to what i said uh, before like if you have that bond with a label then um i think till it comes out people really then start understanding what it is about yeah. funnily enough people then say oh that's a drum code track or that's a dirty bird track or that's a ninja tune track or as soon as it's funny or it's a hot creation, oh, that's a hot creations track. You know, it, it'd, be a, it'd be a track that was on maybe on a defected various various artists album. Yeah. And, it, and then it would come out on hot creation, but it would be a hot creation. Oh, that's a hot creation track there. Oh, yeah. I can hear it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, weird, isn't it? That weird. It's funny then, how when people... You, when, you, when you start thinking about the tracks that you're going to release next and the label you're going to work with, you think just oh no that's not that doesn't fit to that that doesn't fit to the label doesn't fit to it and then you send it out and then you get back like oh this is exactly what I was looking yeah. for <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, 
Yeah, I think that's the thing is because a lot of labels do have their sound and they you need a sound for a label. You need you oh, need yeah. that unique sound so people can so people can cling onto it. So people know they go to a drum code show, they know exactly what they're going to get. And that's no disrespect to drum code. It's the same with Dirty Bird. You know what you're going to get. Hot Creations, yeah. you're going to go to a paradise party. Maybe not so much the lineups have changed a little bit, but you know what you're going to get. And mm. and it's like you need that identity as a, I hate the word, but as a brand, you need that identity. Um, but it's the thing that cracks me up is when people get like too up their own asses and like, oh, I won't go to drum code party or I won't go to hot creations party or I'm too cool for Dirty Bird now. And you're like, fuck off. Like three years ago, you were loving it. Just like, enjoy oh, it's it it's just ridiculous <laughs> i've got wankered once and i've danced a david getter song for christ's sake fucking just admit it haven't we all I mean? haven't we i all? had a russian bird in bournemouth i was i was humping <laughs> and we went out once and we got pissed i had a load of vodka red bull and we danced to david getter and fucking justin bieber <laughs> fucking hell there it is it's gone out i've admitted it Ooh, Damn, i'm dude. a bad person now you're gonna start <laughs> you wearing know what I mean? you're gonna start wearing oh, white listen, jeans I now to edm I'm, I'm edm now oh my god what am i gonna do anything I, I don't know what's wrong with these people I, I i've got there's loads of songs even if edm i've listened to a couple of tracks and i thought to myself, oh that's not bad actually yeah, yeah. um yeah. whatever you know this stiff sort of stiff people sometimes really you know, I, 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 luckily enough, I, I don't know many people like that. So. No, me neither. <laughs> Thank fuck. <laughs> I've got, I've got wide, bra- I got wide. You know, Carl, Carl is the best example, actually. Yeah. Carl Cox. You know, he digs down really, really deep down in his little crate and pulls out like magical sort of seventies, eighties, nineties records that you've. You, you think, oh my god, it's an old yeah. Motown that I haven't heard for like twenty five years. I just wax it on the on the on the on it on his on his ones and twos, and you think to yourself, "Fucking hell!" There's only amazing. there's only a certain and amount of like, people that can get away with doing that as well. I know, I know, I know, but it's just it's just amazing. I mean, I listen to that 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 show that he does quite often, and I think this is great music for the car. I mean, yeah, just you know get all that stuff and get that set right right in the car Do you know there's a motown and like sort of like blues stuff that he that's sometimes going on in his in, in his little show there that's fantastic yeah i love it i don absolutely love it he is so, the g man um, i think it just also all these different genres makes you come up with more ideas to put into your tracks yeah you know, you shouldn't be like saying, no, I'm not going to listen to this. No, I'm not going to go to that party. I've been to a hip hop or an R&B party and I've, I've been inspired by it. Yeah. Like, you know I, mean? I think it's about who, who you're around and the people you're with at the end of the day. You can go fucking anywhere if you're with a, a, a good, good bunch of mates. Yeah, exactly. And I got, I got inspired. I, 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 I think I was at a, was it a dinner gala party garden party, something like that. Where all sorts of music was being played, I come home and I, I think I think that was the time where I did Far Away, and uh, I got inspired by the stuff that um, that uh, there was obviously uh, uh, on on the June two there was an arpeggio that I literally just sort of <laughs> sort of like you know um, how can I say it because I got a lot of jip in YouTube saying ah it's a fucking June two fucking arpeggio in there and you nicked it and. 
Yeah, but I said to that guy, I said to him, listen, mate, but I had to sit like an hour for two hours sorting it out and it wasn't good when I started off. <laughs> you know, you do, you do have to make some tweaks and some stuff to it that it sounds good, okay? Some it, people, like, are just people, are, people are saying like, these people say, oh, I could have done that in two minutes. I could have done that in 30 minutes. It would have been fine. And I would say, no, 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 no. It's not like that. Definitely couldn't. <laughs> I love those people, uh, though. I love those people because I'm just like, ah, oh, go get it. Doesn't matter. Life. It doesn't matter what you do. You get these people that just come round a corner <laughs> and they just slag you off. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do. I love them. You do it. You do it wrong. You do it wrong all the time, and they are better than you. I love them. I and, absolutely love and them. And you can't be better. <laughs> I I used to have some guy, and he would always like comment like, hor- like really horrible stuff on my on my pictures on Instagram. It reminds me a bit of Alan Partridge. You don't know me now, do you? Like when they they were fighting in the studio at Norwich. Yeah. Do you remember Norfolk Knights, Will? (laughs) Norfolk Knights. Classic. That was so funny when they started taking the piss out of each other. Classic. Yeah, and this dude, he would like always comment horrible shit. And I ended up just being, I'd always respond and be like, all right, mate. And then I I DM'd him. I was like, mate, you do realise like, it doesn't bother me what you say, but you're going to say something to somebody one day and it's going to really fucking hurt them. And mm. you're not going to realize the power that your words have on social media. And he was like, oh yeah. man, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I didn't know. I just do it for a bit of a laugh. And I'm like, well, it's not, oh, wow. I was like, it's not funny, man. Like it's fine for me. Like I can deal with it. I can handle it. But you're a 35 year old man. Go fucking get alive yeah, you, you always get oh but you know i love the banter yeah like oh the banter's of the banter's so funny oh, i hate that word. Like, well and you're like oh yeah but i didn't get it mate i didn't get it yeah i'm pretty hurt right now like that hurt i feel like i might not be able to sleep for that for the next couple of days because you've just like really pissed me off my blood pressure's sky high <laughs> my wife's she's even sweating by looking at me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah definitely wankers mate we've just done an hour and a half and i've got to cook some pizza for the family good stuff good stuff um, i've got to go downstairs as well and talk about my wounds do it man yeah <laughs> make like be a proper man and drag it out like exactly. that's what we do the best phone my mum. that's what we do the best um before we go how can people follow you check you out etc etc well yeah I, well instagram is mark reeve music um, the same on Facebook, Mark Reeve Music. They're both the same. I've actually put in a new Mark Reeve official um, because I wanted a second page just for... I don't know why I've done the second page, but I just felt like doing the second page. Um, Coronavirus, <laughs> you got bored. In, no, no, because my one... Well, funnily enough, my my first one's full of bots. Oh, really? Full of shitty bots. Yeah, I, I don't know where they are coming from. I get like 15 users a day. And none of them, I haven't been on any sort of weird profiles or something like that, or I've done some weird shit. Um, I just get like 15 people that have got nothing to do with techno and I don't know where it's coming from. And I thought to myself, well, fuck that. I'm going to start fresh. I'm going to start a fresh page with a Mark Reeve official and just see and work out, really work out the, 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 you know, the real techno followers and blend out like the, the the nail polish ones. The shit ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. These companies that want to sell nail polish or 
you know, or these influencers or these women that are just selling total different other products yeah. than whatever you're doing. So, um, yeah, I just thought about doing it. That's Mark Reeve official. The others are Mark Reeve music. So everyone can check that out. And SoundCloud, I've got just Mark Reeve. And, um, yeah, I've got some, yeah, not yet, but I'm not going to say anything yet, but, um, I do have some tracks up my sleeve that might be coming out this year. <laughs> nice, man. Look forward to it. Well, thank you for being on, man. And, uh, let's catch up soon. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Big Will. love, mate. Have a great evening. You too, mate. And that is a wrap. Big ups to Mark for coming on the show and thanks for listening. Huge love to everybody that's... Listen to the show. If you did enjoy it, um, please share it. Please give us a little review. Send it to your friends. Send it to your whoever you might think will listen to it. Big love. Keep safe and I'll speak to you soon. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready our foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.